Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, oh. Yeah, buddy. I, I know that groan. You've had a you've had a long week. I always have long weeks. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> you work too much, bro. You work too much. What's going on, man? It's been a while. It has. Well, it's been about a week, my friend. A week of adventuring and traveling and seeing the sights and partying with all the people out there. Wham, what a what a party we had last weekend. Yeah, boy. That was one heck of a festival, wasn't it? It was. It was good. I don't think I have uh, I've thrown more flower petals in people's faces and played uh, played more <laughs> jokes on people and spelunked more dungeons with colorful clothing on. Right? Yes. Dude, the whole flower thing, you're throwing flowers on people's faces? Did you hear about that player who uh, that guy who just walked up to this guy who was fishing and just kept throwing flowers in his face. The guy got angry. Then he proceeded to have, for the next five minutes, they had a verbal, a non-verbal fight. They just did emotes only. It was the only, and they 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 did an entire just conversation with emotes. Well, I guess technic- this, technically that's the only way that you can. That's kind of like a slap fight, honestly. It is. It's kind of what it was. Well, it made me smile though. So, what have you been up to in game? What's what? what you, it, it's been busy to? time. It's been busy time. And the only reason being is because uh, there there's a lot of sweets out there right now. So we're going to talk about some sweets going on this week. But the sweets going on last week was in the form of a pie that made me mm-hmm. feel that made me feel extra powerful after I killed something. So double XP right? pie, thank you very much. I will take it. And then on the way in today to where we're current in the the tavern we're currently in today, I passed by old uh, Chef Donnellan. He's back. Yeah. So, a little piece of pie from him, and I feel is equally XP powerful this week. Yes, same-sies, same-sies. I got to tell you what, I told these guys I was going to do a shout-out shout out on the show. Well, hang on, I'll, we'll hold off on that, we'll hold off on that. Yeah, it's been a lot of XP, a lot of XP this past week, um, a lot going on. It was my first uh, first whole event with uh, Tiso, so that was, you know, that was good. I enjoyed what but, can I get you, boy? Oh, um, I will go with a. I'm gonna butcher this, so you have to forgive me. I'll give you a tip, though. It'll be okay. Uh, Hismer. Oh, I got it. Uh, fish eye rye for me. Feeling, feeling adventurous. Yeah, that's kind of the out of the ordinary for you. A rye? Ooh, sounds pretty terrible. But good I'm luck with that. It. I'm gonna get you something to wash it down, my dear. I would like a Braville mead. And let's finish her off with two shots of cardiac arrest for Jibs and I. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a cardiac arrest? No, but I hear they're delicious. Yes. So it's rice, lotus, coffee, and brevets. So you put those together, and it will roundhouse punch you right in your face hole. Mm, so there's that. Notes. Yeah. Mm. Thank right. you, my dear. Coming right up. Sounds good. All right, listeners. Well, welcome back to the tavern. This is episode six of the Lore Seekers podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs. We're joined by Cash. Nice to see you guys all. This has been a very busy month 
actually. Oh my god! Tons yeah. of traveling, tons of things out there to discover. Many new events going on, and it makes Tamriel a very, very lively place, and it makes us very happy boys. Yeah, it's dude. It's been so busy, and it's fun these events because you know the the Jester's Festival was was my first official event after coming back to ESO all this time and and uh man that was a lot of fun I really really enjoyed it I loved how the NPCs were just so into it like everyone was into it it was and, and the cool thing was it was you know like when you were doing that daily where you would grab the pig you know you feed the pig or whatever and it it follows you well the whole way you're bringing back princess I think that was her name princess back to, back to the Khajiit and, you know, the, the townsfolk are cheering you on. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're laughing. They're clapping. It's like everyone is in the mood for Jester's Festival. Like it's not just whenever they do an event, it's not just um, it, it, you don't see it only in the conversations. Like it's outside the conversations. So it's like the way the NPCs are acting, the way that people are talking. It was It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Right. And everybody was doing it. I mean, every single day of that event. Because for myself, every character, every quest, every day, I finished them on all... I think I got seven characters. All seven of my characters finished it. Because I wanted to maximize the amount of stuff that I was able to get. And I, I pulled in some good loot. So if you're out there and you're looking for the loot on North American PC server... Um, I will be selling it in a couple of months when the prices go back <laughs> up for them. So, um, but uh, well, you know, well, most notably the um, my uh, Cameron, the um, gosh, what's the name of that? The uh, yeah, it's the stamina buff food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cameron, I don't know the name. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I got a few of those that I'm going to be uh, throwing up on the market, so you can keep your eye out for those. But yeah, everybody was doing the event. It was it was really neat to neat to see, especially in some of the areas I would run. There was actually like phasing taking place while you were running up to it because the NPCs were so mobbed that oh, um, there's just people everywhere. So they yeah. kind of had they looked like they had to do some phasing things, which was totally fine. But man, I was just so impressed and so happy to see this many people running around doing an event and getting fat loots. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it, it. This game continues to really have put out this whole vibe, uh, and the whole vibe of this game right now is it's like Tesso. It sounds weird, but it sounds like it's just been released. Like it feels like the lifespan of this game, the excitement that's in the game, and the passion from the player base. It it really feels it like it has that vibe of you know a fresh release. It's almost like a fresh start or you know it's like a turning of the page for ESO and everyone's stoked about it everyone's happy about it and everyone's getting involved in stuff and you know we talked a couple of weeks ago about you know just the people walking up to to you and started playing music together you know it's just like the community is so yes incredibly special and there's no other MMO and I say this and dude we have played MMOs like we did shows about MMOs we have played them all i have never ever encountered in a community that's like this like they are so welcoming and passionate and if you get something wrong they'll let you know about it but they love you for it like they love everything you're doing you know what i mean yeah it's out there it's not just um it's not just within your own guilds either it is 
when you're out doing pugs. A lot of people hate doing pugs. If you don't know what a pug is, a pug is a pickup group. So every time you hit that um, the dungeon finder and you randomly get selected to be in a party with random people that you probably don't know, um, and you end up in a dungeon together, even when you mess up or if somebody else messes up, there's, for the most part, I would say probably 90% of the time, there's that 10% of the time where there's a little bit of douchebaggery going on with, you know, somebody who just wants to run it, doesn't want to let somebody go through their, you know, go through their quest if that's their first time in there. But man, there is so much more of an overwhelming response that I've noticed where people just take the time and slow down and help people out. Or maybe, maybe a healer misses a heal, or maybe, you know, somebody dies and, Hey, sorry guys. And then the next message you'll see is, Hey, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. That's the kind of community that I want to be playing games in. And that's what I found here. So when a developer such as Zoss has a waterfall of content coming down, that's kind of how I attribute it to is like, you're standing in this waterfall of content and events and announcements new crown store items, exclusive crown store items that are coming down. There's always something new happening for the game and they don't give you a chance to even say, this is boring. I don't like this. You know, if you don't like the game, you're going to know it in the first few hours anyway. And you're just going to peel off and, you know, go back to Fortnite or whatever it is you were playing before. But for people who like MMOs and want an MMO that has, you know, all these great pillars that, that, that just hold up a platform of awesomeness, you got story. You have history in this game. You have fantastic oh, yeah. gameplay. You have dynamic combat. Um, you have a very, a, a very bustling system that, of character builds that you can do. Um, there's so many different things about this game that it brings people like you and I back to log in every single day. And then you add on top of all the content. It's just... It's like overwhelming. It like hits the overwhelm button. Oh yeah, absolutely. It it absolutely does, and it's so good. <laughs> like you'll hear us say it a lot, and and you know we will call something if it's not right, or we think, hey, maybe this could be better. We'll suggest and we'll talk about it on the show. But my goodness, there's so much about this that is right, and I'm glad that the community is the way that it is because you're absolutely right. You know, there's so Gosh, you're so, you know, you will have those those people in dungeons and pug groups. You know, ten percent of the time they're kind of jerks about stuff. But man, I tell you what, there was this group. I finally ran Scale Caller the other day. Congrats. Total pug pug group. And let me tell you right now, that dungeon is legit. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, hats off. And I know some of you are listening at Zoss right now. Hats off to those involved because. What a dungeon. Like, the mechanics, everything about that dungeon, that is a legit dungeon. It's difficult. It's fun. The content is great. Um, and let me tell you what, this pug group was awesome. I don't remember their names, but I was I was literally, like, on a lunch break at work. And so I was playing in between. And uh, I had to step away for a second. And we're on the final boss. We had spent all this time, and it was a good 30 minutes at least a good 30 minutes in this dungeon and they were gracious running me through i told them i'm like look i'm i know i i have no problem backing out if you want to get someone else that was a higher champion um rank with their gear 
And they said, no, we should be fine. So they brought me through all this way. And here we were, the last boss. And I had to step away. Something real life came up. So I had to step away for a second. Told them I'd be right back. When I came back, not even five minutes later, I sat down and I looked up at my at my screen. The boss had 5% health left. And they finished it. They finished the last boss. They three-manned it on their own. Well, that would have been a pretty good indicator that they didn't need you the entire time, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? <But laughs> let me tell you what, though. Like, it wasn't like that the other parts of the dungeon. I mean, it was difficult. Maybe I was the one making it difficult. I don't know. But, my gosh, they three-manned it, and I was just like, wow. That was yeah. awesome. Well played. And Yeah. Yeah, so my biggest complaint about that dungeon is all the poop that I have to scrape out of the bottom of my boots when I get out of there. There is oh my so much poop on the ground in that place. There is a lot. There really is. Yep. There really, there really Stay is. Stay out you of know the poop. What? Yeah, and you know we'll we'll get with the show here in just a second. But I just want to say this: like as you progress in this game, if you're leveling up a new tune, you know the dungeons are they're great leveling up. It's a great level up experience. But once you hit 45, or maybe even 40. Like, the difficulty really starts to go up on those dungeons. And they go beyond just a regular dungeon. They go to, like, entry raid dungeons. And the mechanics are are intense. It's it's fun. It's a good challenge. And that's what you want. I feel like that's what you need as an MMO. You know, you're coming into a game, and you're sitting down, and you're playing. You know, you want a good challenge. And even if it's normal, and we were playing normal, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't... You know, you and I had kind of talked about starting up a veteran dungeon group just to, to run stuff. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I can't imagine this on veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, there's only certain stuff that, that we can run. And um, I've tried to, like, sneak into, you know, ho- like, hoping for a carry. It's a totally dirty trick. But you kind of sneak into a veteran dungeon, especially with uh, Scale Caller, because there's, um, there's a certain personality that I want out of there for my character. But I can't get into... A veteran group on that because I'm I'm CP like four fifty ish something around there and I'm trying to to level that up as much as you can but if you try and get into some of that the newer content on vet you gotta be you gotta be much much higher than four fifty two CP and it's I know it sounds like a daunting task because it takes a bit to get up to the seven twenty uh, champion point level but that's really what you kind of gotta be. To do a lot of yeah. that content, unless you're getting a carry. If somebody's carrying you, then totally fine. But right. um, yeah, so I haven't been able to finish um, Scale Color on Vet yet. My yeah. time will come. My time will come. Speaking of time, uh, let's move on with the show. So on this episode, we're covering a lot of stuff. Look, look, dudes, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. Dudes, dudettes, everybody tuning in, thank you for coming back to the show. We appreciate you. We love you very, very much. We love you a long time. We got a lot of stuff, and I'll be honest up front. It's news because there's a lot of it, and then we've got lore. We're talking this week on the episode. We've got um, some details on update 18. Uh, we got the anniversary event. We're going to detail for you a little bit, talk about our experience so far with it. Uh, we got the April Crown Store Showcase. We've got the big part of this was the press embargo. The NDA has been lifted for a lot of the first impressions on the Somerset. Uh, expansion and that includes and we're going to go over all this new changes to current systems new armor set discussions uh, jewelry crafting details itemization changes sigic skill line detailed 
We're going to give you a few pro tips and probably your favorite, and I'm looking forward to this as well, is the Sigic Order lore lesson. That's happening on this episode. So anyway, you guys can look forward to that. Hey, you two. Give us some news. Oh, all right. Well, that guy wants some news. Let's give it to him. He's mean. He is mean. He's old, Maybe too. he might be drunk. He might be drunk, but I wouldn't really raise a hand because he's a nor and he's got huge muscles. Big old muscles. Nah, overrated. I'm afraid of that. Overrated. <laughs> so anyway, real quick, honorable mention for the show. We're not going to cover it this week on the news, but there we're we are going to put these in the show. We're kind of working on something special, so we'll see if we can kind of work on that. But anyway, they started a new Meet the Character series at ElderScrollsOnline.com. It was a great uh, write-up. It talked about the proxy queen, Alwyn Arway. Um, it was fantastic. I nailed it. Yeah. But uh, really, really good write-up. Um, it kind of details the whole journal, the letter from Queen Arwen uh, sent to uh, the proxy queen, basically telling her, hey, we're going to open up these borders. It's a really, really good read. Highly recommend you check it out if you're into that you're going to like it. But if you're into that, yeah, we're into that. All <laughs> yeah, over we're it. All into that. <laughs> we're all about that. All about that. So the they did put out an, uh, an article, elderscrollsonline.com, uh, Somerset and Update 18 preview. Now, a lot of this stuff is detailing the Somerset expansion, and we're going to hold off on talking about that until a little bit later in the show with the pre-PTS updates coming with Somerset. So... Um, what we did learn from this article was Somerset will contain six new delves, two new public dungeons, and six world bosses. We'll also be getting, and this is something that was kind of a shock to us. This this was released after we had to do an early early uh, early recording week last week, and so this came out last week, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it yet. So daily login rewards, we're gonna get that with update eighteen, dude. Yup. I'm so stoked about this. Yeah, so, I'm so excited. I would like to know what they are. are they, is it going to be like an accumulation? You know, like some of those mobile games you have an accumulation mm-hmm. where if you log in for a certain amount of days in a row or something, mm-hmm. then you get like cumulative rewards. Yeah. Yeah, so guys who Progressively are gets better. completely addicted to this game and log in every single day to do things and may or may not require some type of an intervention at some point. Those people like me um, are really going to dig it if that is the case. So, yeah, I, I kind of hope that's what it is. And I, I say that because I've experienced that a lot with a uh, console game I play. And that's what it is, is, you know, it's constant every day you log in and it progressively gets cool rewards. It's like, so it starts out, it's like a, you know, some kind of a crafting recipe or crafting ingredient, and then every few days you'll get something big. And so I kind of hope that it's similar to that. But if it's not, you know, either way, it's rewards. This is awesome. It's it. going to be awesome. Now the next one, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna prompt it and let you cover it. The next one, <laughs> I literally flipped my crap when I saw this one. <laughs> Crown store gifting. Wow. We talked awesome. about that, right? <laughs> yes, we did. And No more. I love it. Yeah, I am I am not um so full of we're not so full of ourselves that we're going to think, you know, our measly podcast or measly words oh, sparked yeah. this with them. Yeah. I am positive that they had this probably planned for for a oh, while. Yeah. 
but how oh, coincidental yeah. is it that is that that That's we hilarious. spoke about it um, in depth? I think we covered it pretty good about how yeah. we wanted crown store gifting, and then a few weeks later, here she tis. Oh, that that was hilarious when that post came awesome. up. In fact, a listener tweeted it to us like, "Hey, didn't you guys talk about this?" We're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, this is hilarious!" And so, no more the days of having to go through a PayPal account. To send funds to somebody so they can then buy stuff off the crown store. I love this. This is so... Zenimax, you're going to make so much money. Yeah. You're going to make a, so much money. It's a great idea. I know. And if there's if there's a way that you could like make a crown store item like a bag of poop, you'd really make a lot of money because <laughs> I would personally send oh, JB man. a lot of bags of poop. <laughs> poop. Days. Yep. Well, it's kind of like the mud balls from the uh, from the New Life Festival event. Oh yeah, but it's yep. not mud. It's it's poop. It's a bag of poop. Yep, that's hilarious. Yep, I freaking love it. I love it. And I, I, I here's one thing too is I wonder how this is going to affect the Crown Store. My first thought is it's prob our Crown Store is probably going to expand a little bit to give more options of gifting. We could even see stuff sticking around longer. So that it get you know could be gifted right or mate or maybe stuff that's temporary will no longer be temporary I could totally see that but i'm super excited about this because we could totally give gifts to people and we talked about this when it's around the holiday season and we want to bless some of our friends give them some stuff show some love if we can finally do that send them a bag so, of poop send them a bag of poop <laughs> And uh, also, we do have the Daily Battleground Awards. This is fantastic. This is great. So Daily Battleground Rewards are coming. Um, I've yet to really get involved with PvP like I should or need to in, in, in Tiso being in a PvP player and past MMOs. But, man, this is great. This is so much more of an incentive to queue up and just go to work and whatever it is you're doing. If it's here, you know, I mean the Battlegrounds. It's It's fantastic. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it may or may not get me in there. I don't know. No, it's not going to get you in there. <laughs> that's, that's not going to get you in there. That's not going to get you in there. But uh, was that low breaking? That may have been. That may have been <laughs> semi low. Waitress, another round. Right up. We're going on our own here. <laughs> <laughs> he brought this in. <laughs> he oh, snuck it man. in. All right, <laughs> let's digress. So let's we, we digress. definitely want to talk about the um, the four-year anniversary that's going on right now. And this is one that's kind of near and dear uh, to our hearts. And I think just because we consider ourselves new players to ESO, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are complete like noobs. Because we both played beta, and we've both, oh, yeah. we've both come back to the game a few times, which we've mentioned on our previous cast. But... You know, I think for us to be able to celebrate this four-year event, and this is my first anniversary event that I'll be able to, to celebrate. Um, to me, what it, what it really says is that, yeah, we've been around, but now, like I mentioned before, the game has its hooks in me. So now I really feel like after four years of all of this content coming into the game, and, you know, you just really feel like this is such a well-fleshed-out, and a living, thriving MMO. And this is oh, where man. everybody wishes their MMOs are on launch day. And right, they never yeah. are. They just can't be, you know, because so much work has to go in, into building a base game. 
And the only thing that's going to bring in the amount of content that we have in a game like this now is time. It just takes time to get there. And, of course, support with players. So for us to be able to celebrate the the four-year anniversary of Elder Scrolls Online is kind of a special thing with us, especially because it was so close to the launch of of our podcast, which we're having a blast doing. I mean, it's just, it's so, so much fun. So anyway, as I step off the soapbox... The anniversary event for the four-year anniversary is going on right now until Monday, April 16th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 7 a.m. my time. That means that's going to be an early morning. Uh, In order to join the event, just as we mentioned, uh, Chef Donnellan's in town. You can find him in Vocal Guard, Daggerfall, or Davin's Watch. And then you just got to do a super easy anniversary quest. It's It's called Ache for Cake. Um, and basically what you do is you just feed him some, some resources that he needs to make your cake. And if you're a crafter, pretty much guaranteed you already got this stuff in your bag. So, uh, once he makes the cake for you, give him those ingredients, he makes the cake for you. And now you have the anniversary Jubilee cake as a memento. And I just hot bar that thing. And every two hours you get a XP bonus uh, that lasts for two hours. It's a hundred percent XP buff. Um, I tell yeah. you what, that XP bonus, whew, bro, it was great in Jester's Festival. It's even better now, man. It's it's so handy having that thing. Just pumping through champion champion levels right now. Right. It's and things, things move quickly when you have that thing on. So um, I know we mentioned a couple of pro tips. The first pro tip we're going to mention today is the fact that that XP buff will stack with other active XP bonuses. So Yes, I'm excited about that. So if you have um, the training trait, take advantage of that training trait on some of your gear if you're leveling a character. Um, because it, the, trust me, it will load up your XP bonuses. And then if you have, say from Crown Store items, if you have the right. XP scrolls, those will also stack with this buff. So load yourself up, get yourself buffed out, and go gr- just go grind or get yourself into um, into some dungeons and just you know just get in a group of the dungeon and just over and over and over especially that first one you do that first daily dungeon of the day and it gives you a fat load of XP so um, take advantage of that another thing Absolutely. is that during this event everybody gets gifts and the way that you get those gifts is to do any daily or weekly quest. So a really another little tip here, if you do crafting writs, every one of those crafting writs will net you one of those gifts. And crafting writs are usually pretty darn quick. If you're if you're a user of add-ons, there's an add-on called Dolgabons with a D, lazy writ, uh, writ creator or some writ crafter or something like that. Dolgabons lazy writ. Look that up, you'll find it. Basically, what that does is when you have a writ in your quest log, as soon as you go to, say, the blacksmithing um, area or the woodworking or clothing, as soon as you click on that, it will automatically start crafting those items for you as long as you have the materials in your bags. And it makes doing writs a snap. So, like, I can do all six for all, all the professions... I can do all six writs in probably five minutes or so. And then you just run right down, turn it in, 
Now all of a sudden you got six gifts in your uh, in your bag, and some of the stuff is really good. It is once you get it set up, it's it's pretty darn easy to use that um, that add on. It's awesome. It well, oh yeah, the add on's fantastic. Oh my gosh, absolutely. The problem is is that the entire leveling experience when I was leveling my character Jib's uh, good old Jib's Dark Grave, I uh, I don't have any wood. I did not harvest like hardly any wood. So I'm well, sitting there fault. trying to do the <laughs> do the first set of crafting writs, and I don't have entry level like just just wood. I gotta chop any of it down. But I gotta go out there and run and get some beech wood. I believe is what it is. Yeah. So I th- we'll go back to cast one or two on this one, Jibs. <laughs> don't it's pass anything up. <laughs> you gotta He's just right. pick everything up with that He's with the right. endless crafting bag that you have for being subbed. Pick everything up, all crafting materials, and yeah, you know you move slower throughout the world. But what's the what's a beautiful world if you don't stop and smell the flowers or pick them and shove them Absolutely. in your bag? You are right? he, he's so right. Yeah, when yeah, you're I'm leveling, right. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Um, mm-hmm. When you're <laughs> about cough up that uh, <laughs> my mead, spit my mead. Your mead there, the the, the cardiac arrest setting in. But um, anyway, no, he's absolutely right. Take the time and gather the the wood, just the ingredients that you see, wherever it is, wherever you're at. It's so worth it in in-game. Because even if you don't use it now, you're totally going to be using it in in-game. And you're just helping yourself. Right. Um, so these anniversary gift boxes, they contain a lot of really good stuff. Sometimes you get a dud. But for the most part, like last night when I started doing this, the gifts that I was opening, I had some really good return on what I was opening. So you're going to get different types of ore, ingredients for crafting, runes. You're going to get motif pages. I've got a bunch of those. Uh, Sometimes you get style items and um, rare crafting items like a Nerncrux. You can get Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. So... um, just remember that the, the gift you can't get gift boxes by completing infinitely re- repeatable quests, but any daily quest out there. So like Mages Guild quests, um, Undaunted quests, your pledges, uh, Undaunted pledges, your Fighters Guild quests, things like that that you can only do once a day, you can get uh, one of these boxes for. And those quests don't usually take that long. So Mm-mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then um, there there are some stuff that's pretty exclusive to these boxes. Uh, some more rare rewards that you can get are um, like things that are only available in Vardenfell, some Horns of the Reach dungeon stuff, and then stuff only available in Clockwork City you'll be able to get in these. Um, very exciting point is that the Worm Cult style, which is awesome, um, that is exclusive um, from these. Right now, you can only get those. No, I haven't gotten any Worm worm Cult stuff yet. I got the shield. That's about all. Nice. Hang on to it. So, anyway, um, if you're having a hard time figuring out what to use or or where to find these quests, ESO added the Adventurer's Almanac to the game. Yes. And you can find it near uh, Chef Donnellan. And what it is, is... It will tell you. It'll tell you 
the quest that you will need to go, like their location, the type of activity they are, the requirement. So it'll be like recommended level and, and what um, recommended experience level you need to complete them. And if you have, if you've already gone through the Mages Guild quest line, the book will be added to your eidetic memory, so you can just access it or access it from your uh, journal at any time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of right. a neat little thing that they've added in to to kind of help you along with the event. But the event goes for goes for a while, so dude, yeah, hop in there. I mean, this may make me want to work on a alt because I feel like that's you know for events like this for the anniversary events to get the most out of them, you really need alts. Like that's Absolutely. And, and really, if, if there's if you don't have them, if you're like me and you don't have them, use this event as a plan as a event for planning where you can plan in the future to have event uh, alts for these kinds of events, so you can get really good rewards. Because yeah, I really just have one character. Really, I mean, I've got a couple of a couple others, but I really just played the one, and so you know you really limit yourself when you only have one. So take this time, get that double XP, go out. And just start leveling, man, because now's the time. You will burn through levels. Yep, and there's tons of people out there with you. So have fun with it. It's a good event. Absolutely. So uh, we got some interesting stats with this post. Kind of blew my mind. And it really shouldn't be too, too surprising. But uh, so four years of ESO, and here we are. Gosh, some of these... I don't know. Did anything stand out to you? Here's one right here I like. Uh, so, total number of monsters killed after four years. Over almost 16 billion monsters killed. That's a lot. This one made me just about stroke out because we were talking about the whole Lore Seeker achievement. Total number of quests completed, over 2 billion. Yeah, that's insane. There's, there's, still, there's, there's still a better one. <laughs> There's a way better one, and it's at the bottom. I'm, I'm going to let you get to it. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yes, that guy deserves... He needs an NPC. He needs an achievement or something. Give him an Easter egg. Um, let's see what else we got here. Total number of items crafted, over 7.4 billion. Uh, total number of achievements earned, over 1 billion. Total number of soul gems used, 1.1 billion. Uh, this one kind of threw me. You know, I wasn't expecting this. This one kind of stood out to me. Most popular race right now with the community. 14.98% of you are playing High Elf. That's the most right. popular. It's the most popular race. That's you know, right. And, and I actually haven't fact-checked this, and I didn't even think about it till now. But I wonder which race goes with most builds. Like, I'm wondering if it's the High Elf. Or if it's, you know, like mixed match, like people are doing that for the stats, but also because they want to be a high elf. Uh, you know what, man? I would say, I would probably say Breton, maybe. Breton, yeah, yeah. Um, Argonian is a really popular, uh, is a really popular race for, um, you know, for a wide range of different reasons. So, but, you know, like high elf is, it's pretty specialized, in yeah. in Magicka, yeah. it's got Magicka recovery and, and uh, increased Magicka overall, um, just because they look big, you know. But yeah, I would probably say Breton, Breton and Argonian maybe. Are there Here's two? one stat I, I wish they would have given us was and maybe that would have helped understand this a little bit better was how many players are melee versus ranged, as far as casting abilities versus, um, well no I guess you could still use those. Magicka abilities for 
when you're up in their face too. So I don't know. Yeah, high elf, fourteen point nine percent. Most popular alliance was Evan Hart Pack. Most PvP kills by an alliance was Evan Hart Pack. Uh, this one made me smile. Yeah, this is the one. <sighs> Highest unpaid bounty. This is a single player. I don't even know how this is <laughs> how this I happened. Sure, hope he had that amount of money. Two hundred forty-eight million six hundred and fifty-five thousand seven hundred and thirty-one gold. Yeah, he broke Holy. it. Holy! Is that bad? Did I did I break it? Yeah, oh you broke it, dude. Oh my gosh! Like, how does that happen? <laughs> How does uh, that happen? <laughs> it's that's an incredible amount of skill to not get caught, right? Is that crazy? And that's Dude. a lot of. I guarantee you, that's a majority of that is murder. Congratulations, <laughs> you are the worst documented oh, serial killer in Tamrielic history. <laughs> you have oh, got that God. achievement, so. He he really oh. should have gotten an achievement for you know something I, terrible. You know what? If there's ever a time where they start paying homage to to community members in game, it's right here. This guy deserves an achievement. He deserves an Easter egg. Yep. Uh, an NPC running from guards just throughout the cities. Uh, any of the above. Yep. Untouched, Give it to him. Untouched life stealer. Give it to him. That's what yeah. he needs. That's his title. <laughs> yes, give him something. My goodness, that. Yeah. Oh. And Good then this really dwarfs that, but I guess you know the fact that you had to pay this highest paid bounty, three hundred sixty-two thousand gold. Why would you do that? Just why would you die? Why would you pay it? Just die. <laughs> oh man, that's so much money. So you much think, money. You think so that guy did a face palm? Just went. Don't. I didn't realize you could just die. I feel like... I, well, I think you still you, uh, you still have to pay, though, don't you? Yeah, you still pay. You still pay. I don't know. Maybe... I have to remember. I'll have to get up from the tavern right now and go shank somebody and see what happens. Well, I, I, I believe you pay, yeah. Because it makes the coin, no, the coin sound when you die. You can hear the coin well, there, Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's so. a lot, though. I mean, jeez. That's more than I have on most of my characters. Way more. My goodness. You could buy so much furnishings with that. All right, so anyway... There's that. A lot of oh impressive numbers. You got I can't believe you just said that out loud. Furnishings? You could buy so many furnishings with that. Okay. Let me, pre- <laughs> <laughs> let me preface I'm, I'm that. I'm thinking potions, let me preface food. That. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the thing. So I'm you know, hitting in-game, and you've, I'm, I've accumulated quite a bit of achievement, so I was looking at the achievement furnish, furnish, furnishing uh, vendor. And... Um, I have actually a lot of... I have access to most of them, which kind of was surprising to me. I'm like, I didn't realize I had this many achievements. And a lot of this stuff is like 20K. Some of it's 50K just for one item. And I'm trying to beef up my house a little bit. And so that's why I say you could buy a whole lot of furnishings with that gold because, my goodness, some of that stuff's expensive from the vendors. It's very expensive. But the other the other way that you can do that is just craft it. That's true, you, too. You don't yeah. have to get your crafting super, super high in uh, woodworking and blacksmithing and clothing to be able to make stuff for your home. Right. So you, know, you just have to pick up 
you pick up those uh, those diagrams and stuff, and you learn them on your crafter character, and then start building them. I guarantee you probably already have a lot of the um, of the mats already. Well, maybe you don't because you pass everything up, but that's not... it's doable. I'm saying it's doable <laughs> without having to. Trees. It's doable passed... without having to pay for all of it. Yeah, you're you're right. I actually have never. Well, I know I've learned quite a bit of those. I just I've never went to look. I need to do that. I keep meaning to do that. I always forget. So, anyway, a lot of impressive numbers. Four years of ESO. We love the game. We love Zenimax. Thank you guys so much uh, for making this awesome game. And to every team member involved, thank you for your hard work. Even stuff whether it's noticed or goes unnoticed, we appreciate every single one of you, top to bottom, for everything that you guys do. You guys make a fantastic game. And we are definitely proud to cast about it, that's for sure. Ditto. But uh, so we got another crown store showcase for April. Yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna check this dude out. Now I am under strict orders not to make fun of one of these. We'll go over that in a second. But uh Zenimax put out an article <laughs> for the April two thousand eighteen uh, crown store items coming to the store. So we're gonna go over these here. New moons this is for costumes. New Moon's Cross Sash Robe. Uh, this is going to be available to us on 19th, your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, your face. All right. So uh, it says, quote, two dark moons mean bad luck, says designer Sam Sue the Sleek. But a whole series of new moons says the opposite. That one has survived adversity and even prospered. That's the message of this handsome new robe in breathable cotton and linen. Handsome. It's a handsome new robe. Yeah, I wonder, it'd this probably is, die uh, good. It would probably die better. I think it would die better. It, it really looks um, kind of political and diplomatic in a way. It's got two basically huge sashes coming across it, and it's just like a regular white robe um, that's got some diamond imprinted on it. It looks really cool. I uh, Whenever I see this stuff, I think of cosplayers. Or not cosplayers, but... um. Our peers. Our peers. Yeah. Yes, and that, that is that was the point that I that I was going to make is why you probably saw my face looking that way. Um, I'm all about the different costumes, and they're always throwing different stuff in there. I think that's great, and I do use them, especially uh, in RP. I always like to have try to have something different on, um, but I am not going to wear this <laughs> when I'm in the middle of some dungeon delve somewhere, melting face. I'm just, I just won't. This will be, this is a total RP piece for, and especially with Divine Conclave with, with my RP guild, um, we do a lot of like diplomatic things. There's a lot of, um, like, like a lot of divine stuff that we do in right. cathedrals and we, you know, we have a place that we call the Bastion and, um, so we get together and we have like very formal meetings. That would be perfect for one of those meetings. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And see, you're in such a good RP guild. That's oh, you know all about the divines. It's fantastic. I need to find a guild that's the polar opposite. That's all about like the the Dark Brotherhood or something. Something that's polar, not good. So anyway, <laughs> something that's got about murder. About murder. And speaking of, I got to be kind to this next one. I can't make fun of this at all. It actually looks really cool, to be quite honest with you. But um. I'm under strict orders from one of our community members. I'm afraid if I make fun of it, they'll perform a black sacrament or something, and uh, some assassins will be greeting me. But anyway, the Zandmir Doyen's Worship Robe. 
quote, corset of ku- uh, oh, crap. Kagudi letter. Kagudi letter. Leather. Wow. Full skirt of, I love this, dank cotton. <laughs> well, it's it's swampy. <laughs> Beaded shell vambraces, vambraces, excuse me, and bird skull pauldrons. Everything a Zanmir doyen needs when welcoming worshippers into a boreal reverie. Goodness gracious. The hermit's outdone itself this time. In uh, quote. So... This is cool. This is definitely an Argonian piece. It looks very tribal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got covered in um, definitely some cool-looking leathers. This looks cool. Like, this looks pretty awesome. This it, is a great... Yeah. It, it looks really Argonian, cool. Yeah. If it looks Argonian, very cool on an Argonian. It, it fits the motif perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. It's got um, kind of some uh, small animal skulls for shoulders. Uh, it's a really, really cool-looking dress. Um, very, very cool. Very, very good. It just um, needs so some a, mud toward the bottom, and it would look needs authentic. Absolutely. Um, so, Cash, we do have a little bit of stuff for uh, crafting, actually, this time around. Right. So there's a new crafting motif, and this one's actually pretty cool. I think this one will be very uh, popular, and this one is the uh, Hlalu motif. So it's described as trade makes the world go round. And in trade, reputation is everything. So maintaining House Lalu's reputation for reliability is critical to our continued preeminence in mercantile affairs, says Rollis Halalu. Of course, he's trying to sell it. So where possible, we <laughs> adorn our items with the stylized merchant scale sigil that symbolizes the source of our power. So you guys will remember House Halalu is from Vardenfell. And um, mm-hmm. it's really an ornate looking armor set. And mm-hmm. I am a I'm a fan of it, and well, I'm going to break lore here. But the reason that I'm a fan of this is because he looks like he's wearing Boba Fett's T-shaped visor. Oh my gosh! Oh does my he gosh! He does. <laughs> oh, I just now saw that. <gasps> I know, nerdgasm. Awesome. Oh. So oh, I, I will it. most likely be picking this up because I I would imagine also that this armor will die very well. Um, but it looks like there is a hooded version of the T-shaped visor and a non-hooded version of the T-shaped visor. It looks really cool, especially if you have like a Paladin type character, um, or, you know, like a battle mage type character, this would look really cool on him. I, I love this so much. It's, I love it more now that you, I can't believe I didn't see that dude. It's Boba Fett and... ESO. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm buying this. I, one thing I love too is on the left side, I'm a big For Honor player. Outside of ESO, I play a lot of For Honor. And one of the player, one of the champions in that game looks just like this headpiece that, that uh, I'm assuming it's a female that's uh, that she's wearing. I love it, man. It's exact same thing, Boba Fett look, but then it's got like the cloaked headpiece that covers it. So I love this. Right. I'm buying it's, this now. It's awesome. So uh, I think an important thing to remember is that a lot of these things that you're going to see in the crown store, they don't last very long. They're relatively exclusive. So, uh, like this one is April 19th to April 23rd. You got to get it pretty quick. So, yeah. you know, on the 19th, you got you got to get it. But when you buy these, you end up getting the the motif, and then that enables you to craft the house lolly style. So, 
Yep. Cool. The next one on Agreed. our list is the Cold Harbor Surreal Estate. I know a lot of these people have been, uh, a lot of people out there have been really looking forward to this one. This one basically is a blank slate of Cold Harbor. Uh, yep. Described as this overlooked acreage atop a floating plateau in Molag Ball's oblivion realm, oblivion realm of Cold Harbor is available to be developed however you like. It's a secluded location, very quiet and private, even scenic in its own austere way. And for your convenience, it's been drained of its pools of noisome Azure Pleasum. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love it. really, it's a blank slate. So I'm dying to see what people come up with with the, with this particular Cold Harbor estate. Um, I really liked that zone. I loved Cold Harbor. I just I thought it was super. Did you really cool? I re- I dug it. I dug it. So I've considered it, but I just I don't think I'm like one of those ultra creative people who could. You know, make something well, I f- like that I looks feel good like it, anyway. Yeah, I feel like this would be perfect for like, because it, yeah, it's absolutely just this massive flat piece of ground, and yeah, it does have some of the the rock formations coming up protruding from the ground. But I feel like if you wanted to create like a festival look in Cold Harbor, like this, this would be perfect. Getting the the tents um, from the Jester Refe- Jester Festival, if you learn those, if you receive that item, like this would be perfect for that. I I agree wholeheartedly. Like I want to see, I want to see what people come up with. I want to see, because yeah, you don't have a home, you don't have a st- actual, you know, like home. Like there's no storied house anywhere. There's you know no courtyard. It's just open, right? So I look forward to checking that one out. I dig it. Yeah, that I one's like it. That one's interesting. I know there's going to be people in our guild that pick that one up. So you know, yeah. Like with me, I think it'd probably just be storage. <laughs> just store a bunch of stuff there. <laughs> Speaking of storage, let's talk about some furniture. Um, in order to furnish your brand new open landscape in Cold Harbor, there's the Cold Harbor Arcanium Furnishing Pack. That one actually is it. available right now. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a selection of furnishings for the true connoisseur of Molag Ballbag's darkest secrets. You can't plot... <laughs> Arbic domination without them includes a tear in the fabric of reality. Oh, includes a tear in the fabric of reality itself because words are hard. Perfect for impressing guests, either voluntary or otherwise. I love this, dude. If it wasn't so expensive, I would buy it. Like this is, this is so cool. Like it's it, and it was funny. Was you talk about Cold Harbor? I didn't really like Cold Harbor because, and I think here's the reason why, is because I was trying to push to, to to hit max as quickly as I could at those last few stages of levels, and uh, that's where I was at during the time of Cold Harbor. Yeah, and so I didn't can really drag. take the yeah, and so I really didn't take the time to appreciate it like I probably could have. But I tell you what, man, this whole like just the the library of books. It's really what it is. Just a lot of the books, and then you've got some of the altars, and then you've get the you get the seal. And then my one of my favorite parts because you could totally make this look cool in your uh, furnishings, especially you know how you can uh, un- I forget what the setting is, but you can kind of uncheck it to where you can put items into walls so it doesn't rest on top of them. But um, that whole uh, portal, just glowing portal, you could totally make that make that work for your home, especially if you're a lore junkie. 
But this is an awesome set. It, the it's five thousand crowns. It's definitely not cheap. No. Um, but it's dude that that looks that looks good. They did a good job. I like I like how they're pulling stuff from the game and just putting it in bundles, like parts of the game. Because this was totally what we're looking at here with this was almost to its entirety was a single room. One of the the puzzles that you would that you did with the main quest line, you could see most of the stuff in there. Right, and the the other thing that I like, I do like that they do it almost exclusively just for like a week, and then and then it's gone. So it gives that sense of oh my gosh, where did that guy get that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was an event that we did yeah. you know, a while back. Can't get it. So it brings a little bit of sense of if you see something that you like, you better pick it up because it's going to yeah, be gone. Absolutely. So yeah, it, and that's one thing. And we've said this before, but I love about this game is. You know, it, when they do those limited sales like that, it makes everything so much more special. It makes it mean so much more. You know, when you've gotten a piece of something from the crown store, and it was limited time only, uh, and and that you you know you have it, it's a it's you're you're proud as a player, like man, I've got that. But two, it's just typically the stuff's awesome looking. And right. This is this is incredible looking. So they did a great job on that, um, absolutely. And and they did add actually another hat with this showcase. Um, what's what what's the name of this thing here? Uh, the Zanmir Doyen's feather tiara. Yeah, that's it. Uh, quote: This gorgeous tiara is replicated from the intricate regalia of Zanmir priesthoods. Wow, the crowd of the arboreal reverie with this beautiful plumage. Uh, plumage waving above your brow. Yeah, this is a this is a feathered tribal headpiece, pretty much. If um, you know you're into you're into Argonian RP, uh, Khajiit, even really any of the races. Uh, this this <laughs> into may <Argonian> be Argonian <laughs> RP. This may, <laughs> this, uh, this may be. This may be your thing. I'm just saying. But um this this <laughs> this could be your thing. Uh lots of feathers. Very tiara looking. Um That's all I got to say about that. Uh, um <laughs> uh, I think the most important things that, that that we're gonna be getting out of this showcase there's actually a couple other cool stuff that I know Cash is gonna talk about, but um the mounts. The mounts are always are always good, uh, and I love this first one. I know you're not a huge horse guy, but I dig this true ghost horse. This is available from April 12th to the 16th. It says, "quote Not a specter, not a zombie, not a horse of a spooky color. The true ghost horse is an actual haunting shade of a deceased mount, returned from beyond the equine grave. Bonus: No need to muck out its stall." <laughs> No poop. I like it. That's a bonus. I like yep. it, man. I and yeah, it's cool. You know, it's a it's a ghost horse. You can see through yeah. it. It's you know, it's like a spirit, pretty much. This one looks like it would go good with. Um, gosh, I forget what skill that is that uh, we have on our sorks to where you can kind of go into a um, into a lightning form. Oh, that would yeah. look. You'd be like a blue glowy, pretty much. That would be yeah. pretty cool. That so, would be cool to look look at. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. 
Absolutely. I like this one, and then particularly this next one's my favorite, and I, I'm going to try my best not to splurge, but I think this could happen. I really like this a lot. I yeah, like this one's lot. cool. Uh, Ashen Fang Lair Corsair. Uh, sometimes when necromancers reanimate a creature, they overdo it and imbue the d undead entity with ex excess of dark conjurization. In the case of the Ashen Corsair, this residue of mystical power manifests as a cloud of grave dust and ash. Probably Man of Marco. He's probably the one that jacked this poor horse up. <laughs> this dude's had a bad day. He's office. had a bad day. Thanks, Man of Marco, it, you worm. Well, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, the horse kind of reminds me of the... Uh, what is it? Dragon Bones Collector's Bundle? Yeah. It's it's that horse... You know, it's covered in armor, and then the skulls uh, you see, or the head, you just see the skull, and then the same with the feet, and it's kind of deteriorated at the bottom. But this horse has pieces of red uh, fabrics all over it. So you're seeing the skulls, you're seeing the armor, and it does seem to have a little bit different of um, animation effects, uh, the kind of glowing effect around it. Um, but then it's it's got the red fabrics all over it. So this one looks good, too. They did a good yeah, job. He's pretty cool. They did a, yeah, they did a really good job. Um, we have some new pets. pets. We do. Yeah. A um, couple of new... Uh, actually, there's just one new pet, it looks like. It's the um, necromantic construct of the unholy glow bone dragon, which is kind of cool. It is a bone dragon, pretty much. Uh, Reanimated bones resembling a gruesome bone dragon. One so mm -hmm. charged with unholy power that it emits an uncanny blue glow. Needless to say, this is the perfect pet for anyone who professes to follow the ancient dragon cult. So this one's actually pretty neat. It um, it looks like it's kind of sizable, but it's basically a bone dragon that follows you. And it's got like a glowing, uh, the innards of the skull are glowing, and then the innards of its, um, like maybe where its heart is sitting within its rib cage are glowing. So that one's kind of cool. And then wasn't the other, this, uh, well, hang on a second. Wasn't this also uh, this? Wasn't this a pet? Like, I mean, it looks similar to what's already available to us that you can unlock in the current crates. Um, the it's not Apex. It's one of them. Yeah. It, it maybe it's, I don't think it's Legendary Rewards either. But there is a pet that looks just like this. The only the main difference is the fact that this this new one um, it looks a little bit beefier and it's got the the teal glow that you see from scale collar right uh, and the one well. the one that's available now is a small bone dragon construct yeah that's the one and that one yeah. it, it looks kind of like this one but it doesn't have the blue glowy right so right. if you want the blue glowy then you got to get this uh this new one but they, they're pretty big i mean they're they're pretty big looking pets yep agreed so, so the um this one's kind of interesting, too. The next one. The next one's a polymorph that's available. Mm. And it's actually a factotum from Clockwork City. So it's described to us as, Set aside the imperfections of meat and bone and adopt the perfected form of a factotum and move with clockwork precision. This polymorph will also override any currently equipped personality it alters the slash idle, slash sleep, slash bow, slash twiddle, slash wave, slash hammer wall, slash hammer low, and slash dance emotes. This one is available April 12th through April 16th and actually looks like a Cylon. 
from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Gosh, you went there. I did. It really but does. You it know, does. I'm, it looks good. They did whoever did this created. They, they did a freaking awesome job. Looks great. Yep. I'm just not a big polymorph guy. Yeah, I only have a few. I've only bought a couple of them. Um, the one I really? really want, which I don't know if it'll ever come back, is the goblin one. That one Ooh. is awesome. It turns you into a goblin. <laughs> like, I didn't know that was a thing. I want that. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, I like it. It looks good. It looks good. It looks really good. Now, we're hey, already quite a few. Before we move on. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Before we move on to oh, news, we do have to do a shout yeah. out. We've been found. Okay. We got okay, found. Yeah, today. we've been found. In the, we got found in the tavern again. We did, it which happened. is awesome. We're we're sitting. We're hanging uh, out, Rosie Lion. We're sitting at Rosie Lion, and the reason we're sitting at Rosie Lion is because we're going to talk a little bit about Griffins coming up later, and I'll tell you yeah. why a little later. Why we're at the why we're in Daggerfall, but anyway, um, Deplavar O six D E P P L A V A R O six. Congratulations! Thank you for finding us. Thank you for tweeting it out onto our Twitter. Yeah, there's your shadow. Yeah, it was cool. I think we danced with her for about 10 minutes. There was lots of dancing, and then there was drinking. There was dancing and Lots of meads. So anyway, Deplavar06, congratulations, and thanks for looking. There you go. All right, so the main part about the show, and I knew this was kind of going to be a long show, especially with all the news. We haven't even gotten to our lore lesson yet. But uh, this is the main part of the news section for today. So, for those of you who don't know, there was a group that was invited out to Zenimax, and um, they were able to do some playthroughs of the Somerset content. And they they did a whole lot of discussions. They had um, kind of just some uh, one-on-one sessions with the developers uh, in smaller groups, um, and they went over a whole lot of the new content. And a lot of these people who went were people who do builds, or people who really break the game down in a number sense and so they really really understand a lot of the mechanics in a really really deep way and so they're able to offer a lot of good feedback and so we're kind of going to go over this now everything that we're going to talk about none of this is first off none of this is spoiler uh and none of this is a spoiler this is all we're talking mechanics stuff we can look forward to stuff that you can get involved with uh in somerset okay uh so and all this stuff will be posted at the lorecrespodcast.com episode page for episode 6 you can read all this there you can click on everything there and see for yourself what it is we're actually talking about um, in the show but uh, so we're just going to get started here this first piece is comes to us from the YouTuber Shimmer uh, she did a great job Somerset Isles details from playtest event now she talked a little bit there's quite a bit that she talked about that was we're going to talk about uh, in the here in just a second, and the hard part I guess covering this was was this they they brought in the community which is fantastic at this point in the MMO stage they need community they're depending on community for a lot of things and so I love what they did I love it they are promoting community they let the community announce this stuff when they list, lifted the NDA they were putting out more stuff than the actual gaming sites were. PC Gamer, um, MMORPG.com. They were putting out more than they were because that's how this was done, and they did a great job on that. 
The only problem about this is when you're trying to get all the information together, it's based what you're getting is when we're trying to pull all this together for you, you're getting just bits and pieces of what people remember. So it's coming from different right. sources and it's hard to put all this together. So you're probably going to hear us say things that you haven't heard and we will probably not say things that you have heard. So we there we may miss some things, but we did our very very best to get all this put together for you guys. So Shimmer did a great video and she talked about Abyssal Geysers. It's the new event, the group event coming in Somerset. And we mentioned it before, it's pretty much Somerset's version of Dolmens, you know, the dark anchors that drop. Um, we learned that they are soloable, and I don't know if Dolmens do this either. I've never actually even thought about it, but the difficulty scales with these geysers. So the more people, the harder they get. Does, do Dolmens do that? I don't think they I don't, do. I think they're just scaled off of either. your level. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never, I've never even thought of that. I don't. So I don't think they do either. Um, so no. that's really, really one cool thing with geysers. So you know, the more people, the harder the difficulty. I look forward to seeing how difficult that actually gets. Um, and we do know that these geysers are basically group content that you can find throughout Somerset um, or even soloable, like we just said. So there's that. Um, the next bit here was the new armor sets that are available. Now, she didn't write all this down. There was a lot. I mean, guys, and you're going to see what we're talking about. There was a lot of stuff. Um, but she tested one. And I just, <laughs> I just want to run this by you. This armor set gave a five-item set bonus that turned all of your damage abilities into not only damage, but they would also deal AOE heals to the target. Which is, I mean, to your, you know, friendlies. I'm like, so, wait a minute, to the target? So you're going to punch him yeah. in the face and then you're yeah. going <laughs> to caress him? I'm really it's sorry gonna be, about that. <laughs> it's going to be the longest fight ever. <laughs> but, uh, no, you're so, you're spamming. This is great. If this is really a thing. And mind you, this is all PTS. And what that means is player test server. So, you're, you know, they're going to run this through. This is before the final build for Somerset. So all this is subject to change, okay? Just imagine that as a Sork where we depend so heavily on AoE damage with our builds. You're healing your companions while you're, you're pretty much the tank while you're dealing down your AoE damage. Yeah. You would be... Now, we, some of the some of the five... The bonuses to five item sets now do give bonuses to healing and stuff like that, but I don't know any that actually... Unless you're a healer or, or it's a healing set... Um, you might like be able to give a certain percentage back or something to uh, to a couple of people around you, but an AOE that heals everybody, I don't think I've seen that yet in a as a bonus for a five item set. So that either. that to me sounds amazing. I mean, that could change um, trials. You know, you have one or two people that are running the set. You know, even if it stacks. If it can stack, or if just you know one person running the set is the only um, benefit that you would get in a trial, but even one person running the set in a trial <laughs> would be awesome. Because every this time is... you do damage, you heal. So I feel like I don't know if like we don't know the percentage of healing. You know, like if it's a if it's you know like up to thirty percent of the damage dealt. Oh. Um, you know, but I mean significant. Th- 
this is this is pretty significant. No matter how you look at it, this is unless it's you know like five percent the damage dealt. Um, shoot, it's still it's still a heal. Yeah. So I look I look forward to seeing where this goes. Okay. Um, and so that was from Shimmer. Now this next bit, we ended up just going uh, over to uh, All Cast. He did a good job, kind of putting all this together, and it worked out great for us because a lot of it was in a lot of it was in a format that we could really use quickly efficiently for you guys so this first part here really talking about uh some changes to some of the systems and this one is huge this is huge for all of us who use two-handed weapons in somerset two-handed weapons now count as two set pieces thus making staves two-handers worth two slots Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that means it's going to increase your damage for sure. Absolutely. I mean, this one, I'm I'm still, I, I still want to flesh out and, and really read what this means. But um, yeah, there's been a collective squee from a lot of people out there who are reading this. So, Well, and my thought process was this, is that it's going to allow you to, as far as a build perspective... Now, look, I'm not any professional when it comes to, you know, min-maxing builds, but I will say this. I feel like this opens you up with your build to really extend it out even more, to make it even more unique. Because now, you know, you've got this extra um, extra slot being taken up by your stave now, for those of us who are sorks or if you're using a 2 handed weapon. Um you know, it allows you to use one item where you thought it had to be a part of the set, where now you can use it for something else and get an entirely different bonus. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I look forward to seeing what comes of this. I think Somerset is really going to allow for a lot of unique builds and probably a lot of stuff we've never seen in the game yet. So from a player standpoint. So yeah. I look I look forward to that. Uh, set changes. Night Mother's Gaze and Sunder Flame five-piece bonus were completely changed, but both now apply Major Fracture instead of individual penetration bonuses. I don't have either of these sets. I don't know what those sets are a part of, to be quite I honest with you. I believe I may be incorrect, but I believe Major Fracture is... Um is when you can set something off balance. And, and we absolutely have that on our Sorks, but I just don't know if it's called Major Fracture. So I would have to right. research that one a little bit. If somebody um, somebody hears a cast and wants to shoot us a, a tweet on that one, that'd be awesome. Yeah, agreed. Um, they're also changing the way light and heavy tax work a little bit. They're scaling them uh, differently now. So both now scale about the same with your magic and stamina as with spell... And weapon damage. Okay, so what what the point is is that weaving your attacks, so doing an ability and then using a light attack or heavy attack, and we've talked about that in past episodes in ESO 101 segments, where it's why it's important to make sure you're weaving your attacks. So doing an ability, getting a light or heavy attack in there to help replenish that um, that resource that you, that's required for your abilities, why it's important. And it's it's even more important now because now weaving will be, um, it will be the overall damage of both light and heavy attacks are getting increased. So it's important to make sure that you're using your abilities, but you're also weaving in light and heavies because they're going to be getting 
uh, more damage. That's jewelry awesome. crafting. I'm super stoked yeah. on that because I use light and heavy attacks like crazy. Well, yeah, it's so important and so imperative to to our builds. You and I both run the same builds. I mean, we gotta make sure we have magicka and weaving right. in those light and heavies really repl- replenishes that. And so, um, jewelry crafting. This one's a big one. This is a big one for a lot of people. Uh, with jewelry crafting being introduced for Somerset Isles, we got six new traits. They've officially been kind of detailed here. Uh, Bloodthirsty, we mentioned that last week. It increases the execute damage by 20% when enemy is below 25%. That's pretty pretty huge. Um, and, and if any of you are new to this, to anything with Somerset, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 5 where we really talk and, and kind of introduce you to Somerset. And that will kind of set you up for this episode. But uh, next trait is Harmony. So that increases the potency of damage dealing, recovery, and damage shields granted by synergies by 35%. Ooh, my goodness. Uh, infused increases the effect of the enchantment by 60%. Love it. Um, Triune increases health, magicka, stamina by 435 the protective adds 18, uh, 1,844 physical resistance. And then Swift. This one got talked about quite a bit uh, by Shimmer. Increased movement speed by 10%. So there were people that were using this whole... Uh, they were using Swift. And then they were using, I believe, other buffs as well as their character. That were literally allowing them just to fly across the map. Like they were going so fast. Wow, that, that that is important yeah. for those fights where there's a lot of poop on the ground. It's yeah. a, it, that would be a very very helpful thing, especially if you have it stacked on all your jewelry. You know, imagine getting a a thirty percent increase in your movement speed. Yeah, and that's and huge. that's just yeah, dude. And absolutely, I actually have an update on major fracture. Okay. Major fracture yeah. is a large decrease to the target's physical resistance. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. The wench came by with another beer for us, and I asked her, and she told me. She whispered it in my ear. <laughs> Yar! <laughs> Give me another round. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so there, there's that with the jewelry, with the jewelry crafting. Obviously, this is going to be a big game changer as well, and we're all super stoked and look forward to checking it out. But uh, this is another thing. Crafted jewelry is sellable, so everyone can have access to this stuff. Dropped jewelry needs to be retraded in a transmute station uh, to research the traits you need to own Somerset Isles chapter. So if you're wanting to get involved with jewelry crafting, and there's a lot of people that have issue with this. Um, I personally don't mind it so much because you know I, I want to have these updates in my game, so I have no problem paying the money for it. But there's a lot of people who are... You know, they're kind of up in arms about jewelry crafting being behind a paywall. Um, doesn't bother me as much. But anyway, there's that as well. Uh, effect changes. Empower. Uh, the Empower uh, Empower has been completely reworked. Instead of getting 20% damage bonus on the next attack, you now gain 40% more damage on your next light attack. Yeah. I like you. Yep. I like you. Now, for those, those who are big. in this... Yeah, it really could be. And and again, you know, all this stuff is pre-PTS, but gosh, I feel like this is going to seriously make some make for some really extremely powerful builds. Um, so for those of you who aren't into the number crunching so much, 
here's something exciting for you. The Sigic Order skill line has officially been detailed um, up to this point before they, they go over a fiction pass on everything. Um, this isn't the full list. This is only some of the things that Alcast could remember. Um, last week we talked about Undo being the potential ultimate for um, the skill line. And Rich has even went on to say uh, uh, that this is a working name. Many devs have said this. This probably isn't going to be the final name for the ultimate. But uh, when activated, and we did talk about this last week, when activated, you regain your resources that you had four seconds ago. Uh, one of the morph also makes it possible to activate it while you are stunned. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, next ability is Meditate. Yes. Uh, and by the way, for Undo, by the way, for Undo, it pretty much takes you back four seconds to wherever you were. So the animation they talked about, it's, it's really cool looking. You literally just rubber band. You rewind to where you were with the health and magic of the stamina that you had four seconds ago. So like if so, you know that that if you know that the boss is coming with a big fat hit. Right. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. not quite ready for it. You hit yeah. that button. It rewinds you four seconds and gives you an opportunity to may to maybe switch a bar and put on a sh- and and uh, activate a shield. If you know an ability's coming, you you drop your alt, go back four seconds, switch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that is essentially like if you get hit with a major AOE and nearly get one shotted, you use this ability and that could take you back up to full health. Yeah. And you've got like, and that ha- that's happened many times, you know, with us being Sorks. You know, our our health drops to like ten percent after an ability from a boss, and that's just in a dungeon. I mean, yeah, you you drop undo and you go back. Yeah, I like it. Right, Sigics builds are, so are going to change, man. Builds yeah. are going to change. Oh, heck uh, met- meditate uh, once cast, the player enters a meditative state, restoring health, magic, and stamina every second. Now we did talk about this last week. But we now have some details on the morphs. So one morph grants you more resources per second, while the other gives you major protection during the channel. So you have to channel this ability, but you gain some serious protections while you're doing it. The skill can be bashed, but is not interrupted by incoming damage. Dude. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful skill. Yeah, you can't move while you're channeling. Well, that's kind of to be expected. But the fact I might roll, I might be rolling a sork with nothing but these abilities, dude. I'm serious. Great. I I know we talked earlier in the day. Like, I want to make a sork that is an altmer for Somerset that does just these new abilities. Like, I love this. This is so cool. Time stop. So again, we did kind of mention this last week, but we do have some more details here. Player selects an 8-meter radius. Uh, players in the area immediately begin to slow down after the ability is initiated um, in the radius uh, area that the player has chosen. After 1.5 seconds, any target within radi- radius are frozen in time for an additional 3 seconds, and your block is dropped. Oh my god, this is going to be the most annoying skill Dude, ever. that is a hard stun. That is a hard <laughs> CC, and you have no block. Yeah. This is... That's rad. This is incredible, and you can use all this PvP. Uh, if you manage to get out of the area before 1.5 seconds, uh, cast completes, you're safe. 
you're out of it, you're fine. I wonder if you can be damaged during the time you're frozen, or if it breaks the freeze. If you damage him. It's a well, good getaway I'm gonna, tactic. I'm gonna say, yeah, it really is. I'm gonna say that yes, you probably can be, because why would they mention your block has dropped? Why would that be Why would that be important? You know ah, I mean? yeah. So, um, this one's a new one. Imbue weapons. This applies a buff that adds extra physical damage to your next two light attacks for two seconds. One morph turns this into a magicka skill and applies a random status effect. So it could be whether burning, concussed, or chilled. The other morph heals the caster for 15% of the damage done. Hmm. I want to see that in action. I feel like I would get a better understanding of how that works. Yeah, I'd have to try that one out because it it, it looks like it could be a mass skill. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Acceleration. Uh, this one is pretty uh, pretty awesome. Instant cast magicka skill that grants you 3 seconds of major expedition and 12 seconds of minor force. One more reduces the cost of sprint by 50% for 12 seconds. This is pretty much a good getaway. Other morph becomes a channeled skill, but triples the duration, uh, I believe, to 36 seconds. <laughs> Dang, that's a lot of running. Woo. He yeah. was running for 36 seconds. <laughs> um, there was an unknown skill that Alcast mentioned. Your light attacks now heal your group members. I like that. Uh, uh-huh. An unknown, unknown passive. You gain a 10k shield for when while blocking. This slowly recharges after you drop block. So, yeah. Uh, the last last bit here, all snares and CCs should have a duration that reflects its potency. Snares are getting a little bit of adjustment. Uh, larger snares will now generally be much shorter. Thank the heavens. Thank Akatosh. While small snares last longer. Um, and then the big one. This is, um, you know, this is actually isn't getting talked about a whole lot, but this is something of note. Multi-core CPU support. So, long yeah. story short, the game's going to run better. Yeah, if you run a multi-core, if you run a multi-core computer, that could be real, real nice for you. Yep, multi-core CPU support is coming with update eighteen. So, you can look for that. Now, there was a couple of pro tips that we did pick up this past week. Um, yes. Just yes. in ge- in general with the game. Yeah, so um, one of them is with all the traveling that I was doing during um, the Jester's event, I picked up an add-on called Easy Travel. So if you're on PC and you can pick up add-ons, then um, this one, definite must-have. It is a basically what you do. You put the add-on on, and then if you're part of any big guilds, and we talked about it before, if you're part of a large guild, you can... You have a, like a large pool of people to be able to travel to, to get around from place to place in Tamriel. So, the add-on called Easy Travel, the way it works is you open up the map, and then over on the right-hand side, there is a list of locations you can go to. You just kind of click on that list, find the location that you want to go to, and then you right-click it in that list. And as soon as you right-click it, if anybody in any of your guilds is in that location it will automatically start channeling the spell to send your character to the nearest way shrine to them. So instead of having, yeah, instead of having to go to your roster and look and see where people are and sort, sort it out, 
it is literally a right click. Now, every once in a while, people won't be there. Um, so it will, um, you kind of, it, it just kind of cues you up and it will, um, it'll say, you know, searching for, for a person to go to. Well, if there's nobody available, then you might as well just cancel out and then, you know, find other means to get there. But for the most part, I'd say 95% of the time, there's always somebody in a location that I need to get to. So it takes you to the way shrine closest to them just by the right click on the on the uh, map list. It's actually really, really nice. So that's a good add-on for you to get. Mm, I like that one. I'm yeah. going to get it. Another one, uh, something that I really have been noticing in dungeons, like I was saying earlier, I do run a lot of pugs. And um, every once in a while, I'll run one where you just notice how somebody's health is super, super low or they're having a problem with sustaining resources. So just a real quick tip. Don't forget to eat food. Um, it's super important to the life of your character when you're when you are running content. It doesn't even matter if you're just soloing. It's super important to your survivability um, because there's tons of foods out there that increase your health, magic and stamina and they boost you pretty darn good. And a lot of times it's the difference between getting one shot in a dungeon and surviving, you know, a, a pretty heavy attack by a boss. So depending on whatever stats your character uses, make sure to eat a meal that buffs whatever your main stat is. Now, you can make these foods through your provisioning skill. Um, there's recipes out there that you can get, and I'm telling you, it really, really does make a big difference. And there's also meals that you can that will boost like two or even three of your stats. So they call the three ones the tri-stat. And they'll boost you for 30 minutes, an hour, or two hours, depending on potency and stuff. So um, just be aware and use them if you're going into a dungeon at, at any time. Um, if you're out in the world and you know you know your character, you know you can survive most things, then fine. But when you're with a group, it really does help to just be cognizant and get yourself buffed up. I'm at the point now to where anytime I go into any group content, I always buff. Um, and I was kind of, I kind of fought it for a long time. Like, nah, I don't need food. And then you start using the food and you're like, man, I really do need the food. And sometimes it can buff you, you know, 4,000 K or yeah, like yeah. 4,000, uh, health or 4,000, uh, stamina or, or whatever. And there's, there's tons of different things. You can get stuff for stamina recovery and magicka recovery and health recovery. And just look at the things that you can make on your own and the things that are available out there. And don't forget to, um, Keep yourself buffed. Very Agreed. important. Agreed. You've got me trained. Anytime we do any of our, our dungeons with our group, we go in. The first thing you ask, everyone got food? <laughs> yep. I know what your health is at, so I can always just ask you, hey, dude, are you buffed? You you, you ask, and you already know. <laughs> you already know what I'm going to say. That's dad. That's dad mode. It's dad mode. It's yeah. dad mode. Yeah, it is. Thanks, dad. <laughs> I think we, uh, I think we have a lore lesson to talk about, my friend. Hmm. Hey, speaking of, look who it is. My friend. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Thank you, Mr. Aquilarios. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the, one of the hottest topics this topics that's going on right now and we just kind of alluded to some of the skill lines is uh the Sigic order um mm. yeah i kind of dove 
in head first on this topic because I'm very interested. I think there's a lot of inquiring minds about the things that are going on with Sigic Order. And mm-hmm. let's talk about it. A lot of it kind of alludes back to the things that we already talked about with the Altmer, but now we're really going to just kind of... Drive we're not home. even going to check the water. We're just going to dive straight in. That's what I'm saying. Yep. yep. So, Okay, so anyway, the Sigic Order is an ancient order believed to have originated on Somerset, um, actually on the Somerset Islands, specifically the island of Artaeum during the First Era. So they were said to be the order responsible for mysticism in Tamriel. And from the existence of the Sigic Order, the Magus Guild would later be formed by none other than Vanus Galarian in the Second Era, the year 230. Um, Vanus Galarian is certainly in ESO right now. You can run around with him. He's kind of snooty, but otherwise pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty big uh, character. But yeah, he really is. So where did the Sigic Order come from? The Sigic Order, basically what happened was when the Altmer left Aldmeri's and settled on Somerset Island, there was a movement within the culture of the settlers to kind of change the way that they worshipped. Um, typically in Altmer society, they worshipped um, several different entities. Well, instead of worshipping the ancestors like they always had, a lot of the Altmer began to worship just a few of the ancestors chosen by the elite of Aldmeri society. So these few ended up being uh, like Ariel was one, Trinimac was one, uh, Cerebane was one, uh, Finister was one, and there were some mm-hmm. others. But they were these few that they began to worship were said to have become gods, and kind of became the cornerstone of Aldmeri worship. Well, that didn't sit too well with some of the more traditional Altmer. So right. a lot of a lot of those elders who referred to themselves as the Sigics disagreed with where this trend of religion was headed. Now these Sigics chose to honor what was known as the old ways. Mm-hmm. So they basically used the mystical powers that they had and they settled on the island of Ar- of Artaeum away from what they called like quote unquote the corruption of their society. So they they had it. They were done. They wanted to just get away from everything, which is interesting because the Sigics, even though they had split from society, um, they were still like very highly respected. So they would often yeah. travel to the main island of Somerset to counsel the royalty and kind of lend them advice from time to time because a lot of the wisdom from the original councils... W- disappeared because they started they went with the Sigics. They just didn't agree with the route they were taking for worshiping religion. Right. So I thought that was kinda interesting. Um I agree. So the very first recorded mention of the actual Sigic order on Arteum came from a Breton sage by the name of Varnay. And Varnay had traveled to Artaeum to meet with the Sigic Rite Master Iachesis, who we mentioned in our last uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, Varnay, really what he was doing was he was just documenting what he found on the Sigics, and he described 
the Sidgics as the teachers of the Elder Way or the Old Way. But that was really the first recorded mention of them in Tamrielic history. So this Old Way or Elder Way was, it became like a philosophy of meditation and study in the area of mysticism. And when you look at the skills that uh, Zoss is releasing with the Sidgic line, a lot of them, you can find a lot of parallels in in what the lore is. So it's, it's really kind of neat. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, so this Elder Way was... Um, uh, it was really like this basic area of study and it became mysticism. We're going to talk about mysticism here pretty quick. Um, right. So these Sidgics were also, they were also believed to have maintained a portal in oblivion called the dreaming cave. Now, if this is on the Island, I'm going to freaking flip out. If the dreaming <laughs> cave is there or any quest or anything that eludes to the dreaming cave, because it's pretty cool. So this, this portal in this cave was used by Sothasil, who, if you played through Morrowind, you'll understand, or Clockwork City, you'll understand who Sothasil is. He's one of the living mm-hmm. gods um, from Morrowind. Sothasil, who was rumored to have been a member of the Sigic Order, used this dreaming cave, the portal in this dreaming cave, to meet with Daedric Princess. So I was like, Jeez. that is cool. Everything ties to, you see, the hip bones connected to the leg bone. I love it. Um, so let's talk about mysticism. So what is mysticism? And and I think I mentioned on the last cast too, I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to build a sorcerer around this, this Sigic line. Like yes. A, a mystic. Absolutely. I really want to build a mystic sorcerer. So learning some, some about this, and we're going to talk about some of the spells and some of the spells are going to be different from what we're going to see in ESO, but some of these are traditionally what you've seen in the other games and what's in the lore of what mysticism spells are. But anyway, right. mysticism, what is it? So this is the main project or product of the Sigic Order. Uh, it's one of the six colleges of, of magic on Tamriel. Um, not typically taught, um, but it is obviously well known from the Sigics. But it is probably the most least understood. Um, yes. And the reason being is this, because it is often described as a mage's ability to alter the nature of magic itself, manipulating magical forces and boundaries to bypass the structures and limitations of the physical world. So I had to read that like two or three times <laughs> to get what it meant. But to me, it made a lot of sense in explaining how the Sigic Order is able to move an entire island and make it disappear and reappear at will. So I thought yeah. that was pretty darn cool. So Yeah, okay. just kind of step out of lore here. Um, if you kind of want to <coughs> see this used in Hollywood, uh, this whole mysticism line totally harkens back to Doctor Strange. If you are a yes. comic book fan, go watch Doctor Strange... And you will look forward to enjoying the whole mysticism skill line of of the uh, Sigic set much more. Well, shoot, just watching the um, some of the trailers of the new uh, content. You choking it, out there? I am kind of choking out here a little bit. I think um, <laughs> some of that mead <clears throat> went down my air hole. Oh, yeah. Sound like, do I need to do I need to get that big burly guy over there, the Nord? 
No, I'm pretty good. I'm good, Nordless. I'm good, Nordless. All right. Um, If I go down, though, if I go down, though, I I expect you to run from here. It's a ways, but I expect you to run and fetch the town dock (laughs) and get back quickly. I'm good. Deal. Yes, we're good. So, see, all it takes is more meat. Um, Okay, so I digress. The Sigic Order and the way that mysticism works allows them to move their home. And that's really where the timeline is, is, is coming from. When Artem reappears, it had been gone for 350 years. Yeah. Which is a long time. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, and I kind of like this part, too. Through the use of conundrums and paradoxes, the users of mysticism are able to abandon logic to embrace a temporary sort of insanity to cast a wide array of spells. They sound like parents of small children to me, because I think I've been (laughs) in that state several times. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Embrace a temporary sort of insanity to cast a wide array of spells. Yep. That's hilarious. (laughs) So incredibly true. It can probably resonate with half our listener base, I would imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So some of the spells that they can use. Um, The first type is called the transportation spell. Uh, These spells make it possible to travel to remote locations not accessible by other means and allows the caster to return quickly to a previously marked location such as a shrine. Hmm. Might Sothisil have used this kind of spell to come from the mainland Tamriel to the Sigic island of Artaeum in order to commune with the Daedric Princess. And we also see that with the ultimate undo. Going back in time four seconds. Yeah, absolutely. And and as a transportation spell, are we not utilizing some type of mysticism every time we port from one location to another? That's a valid point. It is a valid point. See, we're all mystics. Every one of us, we have it in us. Uh, then there's detection. One of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> then there's detection spells. These spells allow a caster to reveal the locations of life forms or objects of a magical nature. Um, okay. So inner light in the mages guild skill line. Good point. Yes. Wow. Yes. So you can reveal the locations of life forms. It also gives you a giant magica and um, was it spell penetration or spell power buff? Um, yeah. huge buff so if you don't use inner light on your caster characters use it it's really good um, absorption spells enable the caster to transfer various types of energy such as skills health or magicka directly from the target to him or herself sounds okay. like the siphoning line to me for the nightblade yep. right kind of cool yes it is yeah Uh, Reflection spells allows the caster to return a portion of incoming magical physical attacks back toward the target. Wow, Hmm. I like that. I I know there's lots of skills like that already. So, um, you know, I just wonder by by making these parallels between the skills that we already have, are they using some form of mysticism? Makes Makes you wonder. Dispels. This skill allows a caster to remove an existing magical effect from the target. Mm hmm. Then there's telekinesis spells. Allow the user oh gosh, to move items without physically manipulating them. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, soul trapping. We all have that skill line. 
this right. skill allows the caster to store the soul of a creature within a gem and use it to create or recharge a magical artifact. So technically you can say every single Tamriel, Tamrielic person playing the game operates in a form of mysticism with soul. Right. With soul or they, they at least know one you know, one or two mysticism spells, which I think is really cool for, for it being so misunderstood and kind of shunned. Yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. So, um, we already talked about Vanus Galarian. He is the founder of the Mages Guild. Um, I know you probably run into him, especially if you do the Mages Guild stuff. Um, oh yeah, he was a known follower of the Sigic Order. He was a member. Um, during his time on Arteum, he met and befriended a fellow student by the name of Manamarco. Wouldn't you know? See, I'm talking about the hip bone connected leg bone. It's it's, all this stuff is connected, and it's so freaking cool. So, Mana Marco, if you're not familiar with him, he is uh, he is an antagonist in the main storyline. Yeah, and you things happen. You do things to him. Things happen. He doesn't like. Unless you're a terrible player, then he might do things to you. <laughs> anyway, Mana Marco is a, is a big part of the main main quest line in ESO, yep. and um, I'm sure everybody listening to the cast knows who Mana Marco is. So, anyway, Vanis Galarian and Mana Marco were very close friends. They did they were chums. They did everything together. They were cash and jibs, right? Until one day, Vanis. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you made it you. <laughs> until well, no, you can't do it. Until one day, um, well, actually, even before that, they both had a great friendship and they both became masters of mysticism. Very important. Um, years later, Vanis Galarian discovered that Mana Marco was using his mysticism skills to basically raise the dead. Um, now, this, according to Sigic practitioners and uh, mysticism practitioners, was considered extremely profane. Like, uh, yeah, we don't do that. You don't mess with the dead. That is a sacred thing. But Manamarco, being a worm, was just decided to do that. And he was manipulating, starting to manipulate it into his own, for his own reasons. And so what happened is when Vanus found out, he was very conflicted because here you have you have your a close friend that's doing something that you don't want them to do. So Vanis decided to confront Manamarco and Manamarco just told him, Hey, we're friends, but pound Sambro. I'm doing this. Right. So um Manamarco and the other Sigics who didn't really find that the, hey, we we don't see this as a problem, they all left the island. Manamarco took a bunch of Sigics with him and they never came back to Arteum. And then uh, later, Galarian also left the Sigic Order and he went on to form the Mages Guild. So, um, kind of an interesting history of where the Sigics come from, what they're all about. You're gonna, we're going to be seeing a lot of stuff about mysticism and then how it kind of lends to the greater Tamriel. I mean, the Mages Guild is a major part of this game. And now you kind of know that Vanis Galarian was part of them. And not only yeah. from that, but the main storyline of the game. I mean, one of the main villains in this game was a Sigic. 
Right. So now we're going to get to walk on the island where he came from. And that, to me, is huge. I'm super pumped for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the Vesigix is one of the main... It's it's absolutely one of the things I'm most excited about. And, mo- and honestly, I hope it's more than just a quest line. I hope there's more of a reason to be there um, on Arteum with them. Um, because I want to truly invest myself, my character, as much as I can into this. Like th- This, to me, is the equivalent, the Magicka equi- equivalent of you know the Dark Brotherhood. Because the whole Dark Brotherhood, the whole, the whole draw of the Dark Brotherhood for so long, ever since, shoot, when I first started with, uh, uh, when I think they were mentioned in Morrowind, and then you saw them in Oblivion. You know, you had that whole quest line. It it was it was purely based off of mystery. You never fully like they always had this mysterious vibe about them with the Dark Brotherhood, and I see that so much with the Sigics. They're so mysterious. They are incredibly powerful, and now as a player, we can go there and we can take on their skill sets. We can learn more about them. And I just love... This is so brilliantly crafted and connected. Like, the whole lore, all of this. Right. I want, and I want to know where their... I want to know where their moral compass is. I want to know if yeah. Marco is, is a complete anomaly of the Sigic Order. And if they used their... This is going to sound so cheesy. I want to know if they use their power for good. Right. You know what I mean? And or I don't know what how, is good to them. Yeah, and, and what's good to them? Where does their moral compass lie? So I'm really looking forward exactly. to running any kind of um, of quest line and learning as much about the Sigic Order as I can because I really think the School of Mysticism is in, is just incredible. I think um, I would attribute mystics to like a modern world um, monk. You know, yeah. where where the study of your inner being and meditation is such an important part of what they do. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see that in mysticism a little bit because, you, you know, you, they just have to reach inside of them um, and really trick themselves and then use meditation and stuff for recovery. And, and they're able to mm-hmm. manipulate the, the physical world. I think that's amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that skill line absolutely i i agree wholeheartedly and again i i there's so many things i look forward to about this expansion but one of the main things is uh the sigic order this is this is they have a lot that they could really do with this because they could totally i mean just like the whole and again just like the whole dark brotherhood craze even if you're not into it the fact of how much of an impact the Dark Brotherhood as a faction, as a guild, have made on the Elder Scrolls franchise, dude, they could really flesh this out and make it into something grand that lasts for games to come. We know we have Elder Scrolls, uh, the next Elder Scrolls, possibly in development right now. Everything's being hush-hush. I mean, dude, they could totally go into it there and continue it on. I mean, there's so much here. So much here that could be done. So... 
I have a quick mention uh, about the reasons why we are here in Daggerfall tonight. Um, but I'm going to kind of allude a little bit to an article that we wrote about griffins in Tamriel. There seemed to be a lot of chatter about why are where the griffins come from. Like they came out of the blue. Oh my gosh, they're flying in the air and they're mounted. Are we going to get a? We're going to get flying mounts. Let me just put that to rest right now. No, we are not going to get flying mounts. Do I know for sure? Thank no, but I'm heavens. pretty darn sure we're not going to be getting flying mounts in ESO. And Don't I think ever do it. I think a lot of people are pretty thankful for that. But anyway, um, I wrote an article about um, the history of griffins in Tamriel, just period. Like, where do they come from? There is not a lot of information out there. So go take a look at that article. Just a quick snippet. The reason that we are here in Daggerfall is because one of the only references to griffins that there are out there in the lore for us to grab is a griffin feather. And that came all the way back from the actual game of Daggerfall, which is Elder Scrolls 2, you were able to find and use a griffin's feather in the game uh, as a crafting um, a crafting ingredient. So I thought we'd throw it in there. I know we've been to the Rosie Land before, but we came back because kind of wanted to do the old griffin Daggerfall feather thing. So anyway, go read the article. It's short. Um, just a little snippet about griffins and Tamriel question mark. I love that Griffin's been a part of the Elder Scroll franchise that long, and it probably went under the radar for that long. Yeah, yeah, it's high for a fantasy. Lot of people, you know what I mean? Yep. So, anyway, well, this was episode six of the Lore Seekers podcast. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us, tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, this was a long one. We knew it would be. And uh, we thank you, every one of you who continued to listen every single week and those of you guys are listening to the same episodes over and over again you guys are going back to the old ones so we appreciate it. you guys are awesome but uh anyway if you enjoyed this episode and we hope you did be sure to head on over to itunes give us a review for every five star review we get we give you guys some love on the show and speaking of we've got us uh we've got us some reviews here uh first one coming from livy says quote i personally know these guys and they are the best Oh, I hope they come out with a new expanded version of the podcast for different games. <laughs> Their editing skills are great. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you Lily. very much. And Braxwell says, the timing of this podcast was perfect for me. I've been playing ESO on and off since beta, but only recently got my first level 50. Congrats, man. I know enough about the game and lore for the discussion to make sense but not so much that I've got nothing left to learn. Cash and Jibs are relatable hosts, and I enjoy spending time with them during my uh, daily commute. Thanks for the time you put in the show. It's awesome. It's a welcome distraction from the daily IRL grind. You're welcome, man. Thanks That's so, so cool. That. I love it when we when we just mesh with somebody. You know, and yeah. I, think, I think a lot of our community that's listening, I feel like we have a connection, not just with ESO, but just like where people are in their lives and what they're looking for. And, Absolutely, and man. yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't want to geek out too, too, too much and fan out too much on our own, on our own people who are listening to the show, but I just really appreciate these comments and we're doing the show for you guys. I mean, we're learning a ton too, as we're doing it, but we're doing the show for you because we wanted to bring our experiences to you and we thank you for these kind of comments when we know that we can connect. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. 
You can call the show if uh, you don't want to email us. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, and we will play your voicemails live on the show. You send us a good uh, good question. Try to keep it a minute or less at 765-382-6961. And uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. You can email us at loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just go to loreseekerscast.com, our website, and uh, fill out the uh, little uh, little entry points there at the bottom. But uh, a lot of you are doing that. <laughs> Cash and I, both uh, our phone notifications kind of go crazy. A, on release days, and two, with, uh, with emails and social media. <laughs> the best part is when, um, is when Google tries to translate the voicemail for us into text oh format. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It is hilarious. We'll read somebody and we'll think that this person is a complete lunatic and then we'll go and we'll listen to the we'll listen to the actual voicemail and the voicemail sounds perfectly fine and we can understand it but so Google Translate has a little work to do but it's pretty pretty uh, funny. We should make that in a segment just reading those. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, Cash, we're a part of some guilds. Lay it on them. Yes, we are. And the guilds have been uh, doing really, really well with a lot of listeners coming in. And we actually have been able to run dungeons and um, talk to on Discord a lot of the folks who are listening to the show. And it has been really a neat, neat experience to meet the people who are listening to the show. So, um Thank you for that. If, if you're interested in joining our guilds, I will list them here. We are with uh, Mog Nation, which is a multi-gaming community for adults and working professionals. We're very mature and drama-controlled. Uh, the guild for that is called Meridia's Order of Guards. That's M-O-G for Mog. Go figure. Uh, we are a North American PC guild. Uh, we are 18 and older. You can apply for membership at mog-nation.com. We uh, are also part of the Divine Conclave. They're an RP guild. Outstanding way to start your RP experience. They are at socan.engine.com. And we are also with a trade guild, and I think they've opened up some spots. I don't know if they filled up yet or not by the time we uh, release the show. But we're with Sneaky Bo. You can find them at sneakybo.shivtr.com is their uh, their website there. So uh, really, really good trade guild. Lots and lots of events that they have going on every week, and just an overall fun place to be. Get on it, man. Get on it. We like meeting our we like meeting our listeners. A lot of you are joining up. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun to chit chat with you guys. Thank you so much for, uh, thank you so much to Spin and Pip from the Mog Nation community for helping us with the news, getting everything put together, and uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash with a K, and most importantly, the show at Lore Seekers Cast. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us again, and just every week. We're growing, man. This is nuts. This, <laughs> this whole experience, this is nuts. But anyway, you guys stay safe. You have a great week in gaming. And we'll see you next Friday at the Tavern. Stay classy, Tamriel. <laughs> dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs>